Ciao, ragazzi, and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Town World Football Index's podcast to get your calcio to go. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this uh, Sunday evening? Back on the normal time slot. Oh, yes. Back uh, back where we belong, right? I mean, uh, uh, winding down the holidays, last Sunday of Advent, uh, shopping, I think, is done. Um, you know, just, <laughs> just hope, just hope Santa gets here on time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what he's doing as far as fuel surcharges or any of that other stuff and who's covering that for him, but it's, uh, you know, who's, uh, you know, who's to say, um, but yeah, gearing up and gearing up towards, uh, working our way here to middle of the week. We're already going to be halfway through this season. So, yeah. um, and, and there's been so much to talk about all season long. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a lot of good couch you on, obviously. Uh, yeah. and personally, I'm I'm doing great too. It's just uh, ready for the little break from work and uh, yeah, get uh, get ready for the second half of the season. It's going to be a fantastic push. Obviously, there's a uh, strong top four, but uh, there's some teams trying to make their name to get into that group too. So, going to be exciting, man. It's going to be exciting. Yep, we've got. We're definitely going to be. Uh, Definitely going to be interesting as we get into the second half of the season. Obviously, yeah. you get January, you see, you know, how these teams strengthen. You know, some teams will get impacted by um, Cup of Nations uh, here in the next few weeks. So that's that's going to be uh, front and center as well. Um, you know, there's going to be so much here. And then, you know, resumption of European play, which... Uh, you know, we saw last season getting out of being out, being out of it all together. I'm not going to say Inter got out of it, but being out of it all together had its advantage. Um, you know, so Milan is in that same situation. Let's see if that benefits them. Uh, but yeah, and then lots to talk about. And then you look at the bottom of the table, you know, that's taking shape. But that's taking shape because of just how bang awful those teams are. Uh, so. Uh, we'll get into that and, yeah. and talk about that a little bit more. I know that we railed on it, especially Calgary, uh, in our recording on Tuesday. Um, but we're going to rail on them some more. Uh, Did you see the tweet that they posted after they lost? It just said, sorry. <laughs> did they? They did. They did. That's, uh, it's, My- that should be their new slogan. Sorry. That's what they are. <laughs> Have it at the top of their badge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George. Oh, if you're listening. Man, George, George, we're gonna lose a listener. <laughs> we're gonna be down to we're gonna be down to one and a half. <laughs> so <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man. But uh, you know, it's uh, match week 18 uh is behind us. Um and uh again, the uh scheduling gods of uh Serie A did yeah. a very nice job here, uh giving us two marquee games one on each day uh that uh may or may not shape the title might shape top four might shape the european positions but we will dive into them we will start with milan hosting napoli this took place today richard um we'll talk about that in a breakdown uh so we'll uh, get in depth on milan napoli we'll get in depth on atalanta roma we'll talk about the rest of match week 18 and then finish with the world's most popular hashtag game who won calcio twitter so, um, let's do it. But on to Milan and Napoli. Both of these teams obviously impacted by injuries, COVID absences. Uh, two teams that were looked at one and two, you know, for very, very much a good part 
of the first half of this season. Inter has now gone on their run. We said a couple weeks ago, Inter will take this over. They will be winter champions. Um, and uh, I believe they clinched that with this result. Uh, yes, 43 for Inter, Napoli and Milan on 39. So, um, uh, Morelli, if you want to find, if you want to get that cartoon in a blue jacket, uh, with he already the did it. Champions. He's already did he, it. Has, yeah. he, has he done it already? He's already done oh. it. He's on top of it. The man is good. <laughs> the man is good. I got to. I got to give him. Uh, I got to give him credit. All right. Uh, I'll have to go look for that. Um. So uh, let's jump into the lineups uh, for Milan. Maignan in goal. Uh, back four of Florenzi, Tomori, Romagnoli, and Bello Torre. Uh, Tonali and Cassi in the double pivot. Messias, Diaz, and Krunic backing Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Florenzi's been the big talking point. A lot of people, uh, especially in Milan Twitter, Richard, were clamoring for Kalulu. I agree with that, but Florenzi gets the goal. Does this man have compromising pictures now of Pioli and and Mancini where he's getting these starts in these big games? I I, I wonder what's going on. Thoughts on the uh, Florenzi call and then uh, the rest of the lineup here for Milan? Maybe he's just showing old highlight videos, really old videos. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it's head-scratching because I, be- I agree with you. I think Kalulu and the rest of me on Twitter, Kalulu should be get the start over Florenzi. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really done much in, in his appearances. He is a veteran presence, and maybe that's why they went with him because of the game against Napoli. That was interesting to me. Balotore, who's arguably been one of our worst players, getting a start in this big game. Uh, it was an interesting decision to me, and I was curious to see how he would do in this uh happy to see junior messias get the start and then uh krunich again he must have compromised the pictures of pioli as well he's he's decent granted he's a utility man but he always starts and it's every every manager has their player for pioli it's obviously rod krunich and florenzi apparently too so yeah it's an okay lineup it's a lineup they're obviously um they need some more help and, and maybe they'll get in january maybe not but uh you know, it, with all the injuries that have gone through and stuff like that, it's it's a fairly decent lineup. And, you know, obviously it's always good to have Magnon back there because he can help clean up shop with uh, the defenders in front of him. So, Okay. Um, Napoli's lineup, Ospina in goal. Uh, back four of Malquit, Rachman, uh, Juan Jesus, Giovanni Di Lorenzo. Uh, double pivot of Zambo Anguisa and Deme. Zielinski in the 10 role, Lozano and Elmas uh, flanking him with Andrea Patania up front. Thoughts on the Napoli team? Pies for everyone, right? Uh, that's a thought yeah. with uh, Patania up front. Uh, that was interesting to me. I'm curious that they went with that route instead of you know other other littles they could have put in that position. But um, happy to see Elmas back up there. We've talked about how good Elmas has been this season, and you know they have a good B option with Lorenzo without Lorenzo Insigne. So um, happy to see him there. This is a strong lineup. I mean. Deme and Anguisa in the, in the double pivots, strong there. Is that their A option? No, but it's, you know, it's, it's a good, good option. Uh, and, you know, obviously not having Koulibaly back there, having Juan Jesus. You just got to hope that, you know, that the two guys in, in front of the back four will help out defensively. And, and Juan, Juan, Juan Jesus has done, he's done okay. He's done okay. He's, uh, he's not the best defender in the world, but Rahmani has stepped up in the, in the absence of um, Koulibaly. So, yeah, it's a fairly straight lineup. And um, I, I was always going to be worried when I saw this lineup come out because, you know, they're good. And they're good at possession. They can get their opportunities. So uh, it was going to be a big big bat battle for both teams, really. So Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, you're, I, I echo the, your comments about Florenzi. 
Um, you know, taking a look at that, Paulo Torre wasn't bad in this game, in my opinion. Um, he was not. He was very good. Uh, so good. he was good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that there's any issues there. Krunic, I think you saw my tweet. What was it? I, you know, about a week and a half ago that I said Milan could come into a budget like PSG has, and 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 Pioli <laughs> would still put Krunic on the pitch. Yes. So, yes. Um, so it's uh, it's just one of those things that we learn to live with. There's there's teachers' pets on every team, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, and then you look at the other way. I I, I was actually curious to the Patania. Uh, call by Spalletti. My my thinking, my thinking here is, you know, uh, you could almost eliminate that position if you're if you're Milan, um, just because what's Patania? I mean, he can't he, he he can't move. Mertens in that role can you know, he moves around a little bit. Can maybe at least try to unbalance. He'll, yeah. Tamori and Romagnoli between the two of them would kick the crap. Will kick the crap out of him for ninety minutes. But if he gets free, it's a problem. My. Um, my thinking on that is maybe they put him in there because Milan has struggled with physical strikers this season. I mean, we saw mm. what they did against Beto, right? Beto bullied yeah. them. Lukaku did it last year. So maybe that was the thought process. Hey, maybe, maybe he can go in there, push Romagnoli around, maybe push Tomori around physically and have more openings. I don't know. Maybe that was the only angle I could see. Or maybe that's all they had. I don't know. Yeah, but Beto and, and, and Lukaku and Zapata are, mobile. are, are mobile. size and pace. You know, yeah. I mean, Patania's just size. Yeah. So it's it's still an interesting one for me, um, you know. I, I I was but I was you know as a Milan fan, I'm saying I'll take it. You want to start Patania against us? That's that's one position that we don't necessarily have to totally concern ourselves with. Um, you know the, the 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 spot of danger for me was Elmas against Florenzi on that side in one v one situations and the way Elmas was playing. You know in you know take ons not so much, but certainly runs that he could make. Uh, kind of catching Florenzi out of position and things like that. But it wasn't a run-of-play situation against Florenzi where Elmas would come through. It would be on a corner. Um, uh, who delivered the corner? Was that Zielinski? Zielinski, yes. yeah. Zielinski. Okay. Zielinski delivers the corner. It's Elmas at the near post uh, No, and, and a goal here uh, to give Napoli the lead on five minutes. Um, I'm, I'm, I, have, I have issues here with this goal. One, okay, good goal for Elmas, and, and it and it goes with the form that he's in. But there's nobody on the near post for Milan, okay? Um, and this is just – Tonali just gets beat to the spot. Um, you know, I mean, and you got, you've got to have some quickness. You've got to have a good first step to get, get yourself into that situation. Elmas clearly has that. But I don't think that this was a well-organized – defense to deal with a defense to deal with a to deal with a set piece to deal with a corner this could be i have to go back and take a look at how milan has defended corners so far through the season if they don't put somebody on the near post and that's something that napoli s- spotted in their scouting report and they yeah, decided they hey they that's don't. where we've okay well that's there you go you know and sometimes if you if you scout an opponent and you see that milan gave up a goal just the other week uh same almost similar play like that so yeah yeah and a a, a driven ball to the near six all Elmas has to do is redirect it. He doesn't have to put any power on it. He doesn't have to, you know, doesn't have to thrust at it. Just has to, just has to direct it. So, and he does that, you know, so Napoli go ahead by a goal to nil, probably due to, you know, clever set play preparation, clever scouting of the opponent. Um, and and El- Elmas with a finish to go with the form that he's been in too. Yeah. Full credit's got to go to Spalletti for uh, recognizing that this was a very strong weakness, uh, or strong weakness, a very big weakness for Milan. Oxymorons everywhere you look. 
That's what we do, boys. That's what we do. Uh, and yeah, so you know, he spotted this and he went after it. And also, Milan are big faults at faults here because they got a warning shot just before the goal. There was a whistle, and Elmas ran the exact same route that he ran, and they got to see it a practice yeah. run, and they still yeah. did nothing with it. And you're blaming Tonali, which I agree. I also am gonna, gonna take Lauren's name in vain, Zlatan. He was at fault as well. I thought he, oh, sure. originally, originally he was marking uh, Elmas, and then both players really should have stepped up. Neither did anything, and nothing Magnon could have done about that. Elmas, wonderful play there. Uh, great to see that head of hair get a goal there and celebrate. Um, but yeah, poor defensive marking again on set pieces by Milan. Early goal, not what you want if you're a Milan fan, exactly what you want if you're a Napoli fan, especially with all the players that you have out. Uh, great begin to the game because the goal meant got to be more open because T- Milan had to try to score. It would be it would end up being the only goal of the game. Uh, so let's talk about how each of these teams ended up approaching this game. Um, it's uh, there's VJ saying that Pioli said we conceded a foolish goal. Well, put somebody on the fucking near post now because everybody <laughs> who's in charge of those fools. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe maybe that might be a start. So I'm not we cr- saying we that- credit Spalletti for for spotting that weakness. You gotta you have to yeah. go after Pioli for. This is obvious. This is not the first time it's happened this season. So not being sure. able to stop that—that's his fault. Sure. Um. So let's get into the, the the possession was actually balanced. I mean, when you look at, I mean, in particular, when you take a look at the second half, you would have thought Milan had more of the play, um, or had more of the ball. But the possession overall was relatively balanced. I think that Napoli they weren't as you know. I, I won't say. You know, clinical because I mean, in, over the over the course of the game, uh, Napoli just had two shots on target. You know, with their eleven chances, but they would get the ball and they would just, you know, they get. In, in some cases, in some of their attacks, they were just one ball away. And I think on some of that, you've got to give credit to the center back pairing of Tamori and, and Romagnoli for diffusing that. Balotelli, I think, was really good. You know, in handling some certain situations. So I there was that for Milan. You know with Napoli coming forward. I thought through the first two thirds, Napoli looked good. They were building, they were breaking the midfield, breaking through the midfield. Anthony makes a comment about the midfield um, from Milan, but when he got to the final third, they didn't have that final ball. And I think the defense was, was overall well-organized, you know, just pity about the corner as we already, you know, have kind of dissected, but Milan going the other way, were you okay with, their tactics. Everything seemed to be with and just taking their chances with getting crosses and seeing if Zlatan could could win one or getting guys in position for second balls. That seemed to be what Milan just stuck with the whole time uh, and yeah, didn't necessarily yeah. seem to adjust. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, I figured Napoli were going to be one controlling the play a little bit more than Milan was um, doing. You know, very quick passes, one, two, three passes, very, very efficient, um, and trying to break Milan down that way. And I thought Milan were going to have to live and die by the counter tech. And I wasn't surprised that they went with the tech of trying to go on the wings and feed it into Zlatan. But having that as their only option, really, that they use, that was surprising because you know you got to change it up with a team like Napoli. Good teams, you have to vary it up. You keep doing the same thing; they're just going to stop it. Um, and granted, Milan had some good opportunities. Florenzi in the first half, Zlatan in the second half. Ospina had to make some saves. Um, but it was a pretty well-balanced game. I mean, you know, Napoli uh, created a lot of opportunities, kept that midfield, like uh, Anthony was saying, kept them at bay, really, because with a quick passing, changing the play. Uh, and then Milan, I thought, did well the times they had possession to play with intent. 
Uh, didn't create obviously enough to score a goal, but they came close. And as the game went on, especially the second half, they had their opportunities. Uh, but it was a very well balanced game between two good teams, and just you know, neither team could really get a ho- full hold of that game. Um, obviously, Napoli had the uh, slightly better of the play. Obviously, they got the better result. But yeah, it's a tough game, and um, yeah, I wish there were some more goals. Honestly, I mean, you knew it was going to yeah. be a defensive game, but uh, one nothing. Hey, Napoli get the three points. They deserve it, and they uh, now they're up to third place. So good for them. On the crosses, Milan attempted 22 crosses in this game. Um, in that might not seem like a lot. Fauzi Gulam would tell you that hey, I can do 20. I'll do 22 crosses myself in a game. I'll do 22 crosses before the first before the ball's even kicked off. <laughs> um, so or even Biragi, yeah. um, you know, guys like that. But I mean. Three of them were accurate. <laughs> I mean, at some point, at some point, you've got to go and you've got to say, this is not working. We've got to get the ball back on the ground. We've got to try to find guys through the middle and we've got to look to link up combinations. Um, yep. They did between Ibrahimovic and Giroud in the, uh, in the second half that yep. Rahmani did a very nice job of, of uh, getting in a sliding tackle on and getting away. Um, but everything was all dependent, and especially when it was Giroud and, and, and Zlatan together up front. Everything was all about putting the ball in the air. Some of that might have had to do with the fact that, you know, Napoli are without guys like Koulibaly, um, players that maybe are not as good aerially as, as what they're up against. But why didn't it work? Because Milan kept going and going and going and going to it, and it was predictable, and you allow – Jesus and Rahmani to look really, really good because they know what's coming. And if they're in position and if they're organized and if they can get to the first ball, the threat's gone. Um, you know, and then, or at worst, you've got to just worry about following up and getting to the second ball as well. And, yeah. and, you know, we've seen Milan play a lot of patient possession, ground passes, utilizing Diaz where he could run at people, um, you know, you maybe miss the element of having Teo charging forward on the left. It's a little bit different dynamic with Paolo Toure, who played very much more withdrawn. I don't think he ventured into the opponent's penalty area at all in the game. Um, so uh, I, in, in a way, Milan departed from what they're probably good at. Yeah. And it's kind of a shame because I don't think they had to. Yeah, and I think it wasn't until, what, the last five minutes of the game that really Milan started trying to change it up just a little bit. Uh, obviously, the, the probably the best play that deviated from the normal game plan was when Messias kind of cut it in himself, took that shot yeah. and just went over the bar. Uh, yeah. But other than that, you got to give credit to Napoli, really, to, you know, they, maybe they were playing so compact that they forced Milan to play. It didn't seem that way. It seemed like Milan were going for that long ball and, and kept doing yeah. that. Um, and then, you know, Napoli held that possession and helped, you know, it, it, it frustrated Milan for sure. And, you know, they, you know, good teams, they try multiple ways to try to beat you, not the same thing overnight. Even, even Napoli, right? Yep. Just, they, they tried the left side, center, the right. They tried all different things against Milan, trying to, trying to penetrate that defense. And Milan just kept doing the same thing over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. So Spalletti, I mean, got this game spot on. I mean, uh, he's done a, did a wonderful job. Obviously, uh, it was his first win after that Inter game. Uh, yeah. I was curious to see how these teams would do in this game. I, you know, I, I smelled like a draw. I, I mean, for for lack of a better word, it was a draw, right? It was so tight this game, uh, one yeah. goal decided. So, yeah, it's uh, a good result for Napoli again. 
many people were questioning whether they had the um even us right they had a pretty soft schedule to begin the season and now it's gotten it's gotten really hard now and you know they they lost the inter lost a lot of the game after that and how are they doing this game they, they did very well they're still despite playing these harder teams they're still playing very well um and they've got the result in this game to prove it so i you know i want to give i'm gonna give a lot of credit in this one uh they're just yeah. a little bit better a little bit ahead of milan at the moment you know with all the players and everything going out so they snatched the goal and they 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 kept themselves organized. Um, maybe Brahim's poor form last several games meant Milan could not play as well through the middle on the ground. I think Milan looked at this. I think Pioli looked at this and said, "I think that this is a way we can beat Napoli without some of their, you know, better defensive contributors." Um, you know, and when you think of okay, Zlatan, Rahmani, um, Jesus. And then when you throw Giroud into that game, who should have the advantage in the air? It should be Milan. Um, You know, so you don't hate the idea. I think I hate the idea of continuing to go to it when we can't put a ball on Zlatan's head or on Giroud's head. Exactly. So it's, it's time to try to mix it up and try to, you know, try to look for something different, but they, they stayed dedicated to it. And it was, the it was that ga- it was that style of play that actually created what we thought would be a goal um, late in the game. Um, Giroud gets in a tussle with the defender. They both go. It was Jesus. They both go to ground. The ball scrambling around. Kalulu's running onto it. Eventually, it just falls back to Kessie, who scores. Uh, they go and they review this. Now. Dre and Mateo were were leading everybody to believe, and not to not not, and this is not a fault of theirs. This is what they were speculating that there was a handball on Kalulu. Kalulu, right? Which, in the end, it turns out what they called it back for was Giroud was in an offside position when he was on the ground, yeah. um, and the thing that I've argued here. And we'll continue to argue. I and I, 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 I've seen a couple of replays. I don't know where he pulls Jesus while he's on the ground, but you know what? I still ask the question: What unfair advantage was Giroud gaining by being on the ground in an offside position when he didn't even play the? He didn't play the ball. He didn't attempt to play the ball, um, and it carries back. I, I still am going to say, and my. My Milan bias aside, I'm still going to say that this goal was wrongfully taken away. So I remember watching when watching this game. I thought the same thing too. I, I remember watching a replay, and I, and I look over to my wife, and I was like, "He's not in the play. He doesn't touch the ball. It was Juan with Jesus that touched the ball. Should have been a goal." Uh, and then when I call, and I called it back, I'm like, "What?" And I started watching the replay again, and the rule does state if the player tries to interfere with the play. And if you watch the replay very, very closely, it's very hard to see in live play. Giroud does move. I mean, he's 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 also tangled up with John, Juan, Juan Jesus, who's on the ground, who does play the ball. So in, in theory, by the letter of the law, he is technically interfering and could be given a, not an advantage, but he's in the play. And because it's trying to go to him and, and he's involved with Juan Jesus on top of him, that's why he's offside. Because, I mean, his body, if you look at the body, yes, he's offside. But he's on the ground, like we said. We all saw. But so was Juan Jesus, who did play the ball. And 
Giroud did try to kick. I mean, obviously Juan Jesus was in a better position, but because he was just the fact that he was there, the ball came to him, it's considered part of the play. And I've seen that, not exact play, but I've seen plays similar to that where the players are standing up and it wasn't like the player wasn't even going to go for the ball, but the defender was there that they called it back. And mm. I understand it. I hate it. I hate it. But I think by letter of the law, I think that's a correct call as much as I hate it. Um, cause I've seen it before, not to this extent, this has been a, this is a extreme representation, but I think by letter of the law, it is a correct call and I hate saying it. I, and I understand I'm, I, I'm with you hundred percent. Believe me. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I, I still, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy that. Even if Jesus played the ball, what did that have to do with Giroud's position? Giroud was on the ground and wasn't playing the ball. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it was, I mean, I think we're splitting hairs here. I think that that was, I think we're doing, it's a real splitting of hairs in a very critical situation, you know, to, to overturn that goal. It almost feels like, you know, in the NFL, if that's one of those, okay, their choices are okay. The ruling is confirmed. The ruling stands. The ruling is reversed. And the reason for ruling stands is, well, we can't confirm, but we also can't reverse it, you know? And I would have said, okay, goal, goal stands here, not goal confirmed or goal reversed. I would have said goal stands. There's, you know, this could be looked at both ways. We called it a goal on the field. We're going to have to stick with what, what we call on the field. So, but that's uh, that's not what happened here, and I think that this is one that's going to be debated a little bit. And you know, if this, you know, Napoli win this title by two points over Milan, then we're gonna we're gonna look at this particular incident and 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 uh, you not know, not a Inter has something to say with it, right? Yeah, but I think that. <laughs> but you're right. No, you're right. One hundred percent. Sure. I mean, assuming that Inter self destructs at some yeah. point in the season, so. But it's yeah, it's it, that, that, I mean that's just where I'm that's just where I'm at on it. No, no, I mean yeah. I, I I'm having a hard time believing that that was a correct call. Um, you know, uh, you know I've had some people convincing me. Um, I think uh, Ken Chofredi was showing me a picture of you know Giroud just you know totally draping Jesus prior bef- prior to be bef- uh, the situation before, and that's fine. But that's not what they were looking at. Um, I think I think for the mere fact that Giroud was in the play when Juan Jesus played it, and, and he was in an offside position, that's why they called it. And I, not that I agree with it at all, but it's by letter of the law. I, th- I think technically, and it can go both ways. I, you know, it's it's a difficult call. It's not it the end of the game, but I thought it was strange, and it's not just because I'm a Milan fan. I just thought overall, I thought it was. And I've 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 said in other moments and controversial calls when I've said, hey, you know it it stinks, you know, it, or it's, it's not right or, or that sort of thing. So anyway, um, so that, I mean, those, I mean, those are, that's probably the biggest talking point out of the whole game. When you take a look at it, I, do you have a man of the match out of this game? Because we can say Elmas, I, I am going to go with Rachmani, um, okay. as, as really being the organizer back there. Um, you know, having it all together made that crucial tackle on that combination between Zlatan and Giroud. Um, I thought that, you know, I thought that it, he probably yeah. delivered the best performance on the pitch between both teams. Anguisa had a big hand in shutting down the midfield for Milan as well, so he's yeah. going to give some words. Um, Ospina had a couple big saves in the game too. You know, he's he's got a shout as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, any of those three players really, I think. 
uh, are good shouts, really. Um, for mm-hmm. the most part, everyone else canceling themselves out, and I think those are probably three prominent players in the game, uh, and all from Napoli. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, but I think overall, I think Fodotore, I think Fodotore should be given a lot of praise for the way he played because he's played very yes. poorly this season, and this was his best game by far. And yeah. he was fairly, fairly decent out there. I thought uh, good defensive stops, and like you said, because of not wanting to go rush out too far, uh, maybe that's why he wanted to be sound defensively because he's been burned defensively numerous times this season. So good sure. for him. Good for him. Sure. All right. Well, I, uh, um, I look at this and I said that this is this is the this is the essence of a title race when you have two teams playing a very close game, one trying to figure the other one out. <clears throat> you know, and, and, or they're trying to figure each other out over the course of 90 minutes. And I think that this is, you know, games like this make the title race itself that much more exciting. Um, I think I agree with you. I think that this does leave Napoli as a team better, slightly better than Milan, um, you know, in terms of their title credentials, but it's razor thin and there's still another 20 games to play. Yeah, and it's, it's a, it, can anybody stop Winter at this point, right? Will we'll Inter self-destruct, which they didn't do last year. So a lot of questions to be answered. It's uh, it's turning out to be a fantastic race. Yep, it is, absolutely. So two uh, two teams trying to get themselves closer to Inter in the, you know, at the top of the Scudetto. Let's how about talk about uh, two teams who also have uh, high-end finish ambitions, Richard. This took place on Saturday, Atalanta and Roma. Atalanta hosting Roma. Um, many wanted to see what how Mourinho would fare against another big quality opponent. Uh, look at the lineups in this one. First for the home team, Atalanta, Juan Musso and goal, as always. Back three of Toloi, Palomino, and Jamisti. Hatabur back on the right. Uh, on the left with Petzela over Maele. Uh, and then you had obviously the, same, the, the normal holding midfielders, Darun and Froiler, with Ilicic, Pasilic, and Zapata up front. Uh, thoughts on the Atalanta lineup? Pasolich has been in really good form, yeah, uh, so so no problems here. Uh, no problems with Pizzella either because he's been playing well. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's uh, it would you know the question I think that would beg to be asked was that who is the playmaker that would uh, uh, link with Zapata? Would it be Ilicic or would it be uh, Malinovsky? They go with Ilicic to start the game, and then you know, can the back three hold up for what Roma was going to bring going the other way? And as we yeah. uncover this. You'll find out the answer was no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at the road team, uh, Rui Patricio and goal went with a back three of Mancini, Smalling, and Ibanez. Cars are up on the right. Uh, Mikatarian or Vigna on the left. How you ever look at it? Cristante Vertudo also rounded out that midfield with Zaniolo and Abraham up top. I thought this was a pretty strong lineup. We've seen over the last many weeks now that they've gone, Mourinho's gone with this 3 5 2, different variations of it. Usually it's a three one four two or something like that, but this time it's a, a straight three five two. It looked like thoughts on the lineup because I thought it was. Um, I'm happy to see Zaniolo up top with Abraham. I, I I liked it. I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, and then you've got Mkhitaryan, who is typically in a counterattack, the first mm-hmm. guy through the midfield. Um, you know, Vina and, and Karsdorp are certainly not going to. Yeah, probably not going to threaten a lot going forward in this particular game. There's others where you're going to see them going forward. They're useful. They get in them. They get at the crosses and you've got some guys playing in the back here that are in pretty good form that, uh, you know, would be put to the test here against what Atalanta can do going forward. Smalling's been playing really well. Mancini 
and Ibanez, all of them have been really good. And, and Rui Patricio has been has been very good for them. Yep. You know, in goal uh, this season certainly has been an upgrade over anything they've had over the last few years, which we've talked about. Um, so yeah, I you know solid lineup. Uh, taking a look at what Mourinho had available to him, uh, probably about as good as he was going to be able to do. Um, so this was with what's available to him. This was his best eleven. And I agree with Anthony saying that Roman needed to win this game to prove that they can uh, they can beat one of the seven sisters. And I agree. I thought you know the way Roma's been playing as of late and Mourinho, some of the results they needed this win more than Atalanta needed to win. Um, and some interesting uh, chatting going on before the game. Demarell decided to chirp Roma before the game, saying, "You know, hey, I'm not worried about Roma. I have to deal with Zapata all, the, all day long. I'm not worried about T- Tammy Abraham." You know, that, that ended up coming back to bite him uh, later in this game. Uh, actually, first minute of the game, actually, right? Uh, early goal by um, by Roma in the first minute of the game. Nice give and go between Tammy Abraham and Zaniolo. Uh, bodies collide just as Tammy tries to ch- uh, chip the goalkeeper. Uh, players collide. Ball finds its way into the net. Early, early goal. Tammy Abraham with the goal. Um, this is the ideal way for a Mourinho team to start a game, get a goal early, not necessarily getting your player taken out, but goal early in the game, he can implement his tactics immediately, which is defensive style and play on the counter. Thoughts on the quick goal, early goal by Tammy and, and Roma to uh, get off to a hot start. This set the tone for the game. It did. Um, you know, I mean, it, uh, it put, you know, it, 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 you got to see this was this what would unfold over 90 minutes was a Mourinho masterclass and what we're used to yeah. seeing from his teams. Um, and, you know, much like the Milan Napoli game, Napoli gets that early goal. It's like, OK, we can sit. We can make Milan predictable. Roma, same thing. Now we can make Atalanta predictable. We can win and we can pounce. And it's in it's a much more decided advantage for Roma because this Atalanta defense is poor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I apparently Romero really was that good, um, but uh, it's it's I was stunned when when he left for what he left for when he went to when he went to Tottenham. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, apparently he was that good. You got guys like Palomino and Jim City. Forget about it against Abraham. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it, and it made it easy for Roma to play the way they did the rest of the way. I mean, this it was it was a tone setting goal. It was. And, you know, as you mentioned, it was a Mourinho masterclass. The defense was super strong this game. This is the kind of defense we expected to see under Mourinho team at Roma when he first joined them. Uh, this is probably the first game that we got to see a true Mourinho style team play. Um, they doubled their advantage in the 20, 27th minute or so. Uh, Zaniolo with a wonderful strike there to make a goal. Good for him. Uh, it was, a, I think, Mkhitaryan gave him the assist. Maybe it was Vera too. I, I forgot who it was, but nice finish for him. First goal in a long time for him. Uh, so it's nice to see two nothing right off the bat playing on the counter attack, just as you expect a Mourinho team to do. Um, Zaniolo and Abraham, that combination together worked so well. I thought feeding off each other. I mean, it looked great on the first goal. All throughout the game, though, they are both very active. Good to see Zaniolo the way he was. He was very strong. I think VJ or someone mentioned in the chat, a strong game for, for Zaniolo on this one, and Abraham as well. Um, got out to a 2 nothing lead. Uh, looked like they were going to take that lead to halftime. Muriel came on around the 35th minute or so for Jim City. Obviously, Gasparini down 2 nothing doesn't want to lose in this game. Uh, yeah. Brings on Muriel. Muriel gets a goal in the first half before the end of the first half. Uh, the flex off, I think, Cristante for an own goal, two to one. Uh, 
that kind of, I would say, other than a perfect first half, that's that's the only thing that 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 slightly put a, a, a tarnish on that first half for Roma. Brilliantly done. I thought the, the defense was not really threatened. Rui Patricio really had nothing to do in that first half. Yeah. Um, a lot of possession by by Atalanta, but it would stop at basically at the twenty yard mark. And uh, a lot of credit goes to Mourinho, obviously, but that defense for uh, bending but not breaking whatsoever once it got into their own box. Thoughts on the first half? Um. Yeah, I mean Roma. Roma were comfortable, um, and and comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, I, I, Atalanta had nearly seventy percent possession in the first half, and certainly created a lot of shots and a lot of chances, but nothing that was giving Patricio any trouble. Um, I think there was one in the first half, and I can't remember where it was. Uh, can't remember who it was from. Where he was called on to make a good save. You know, the back three does a nice job of keeping things in front of them, and then when they counter. You know, you saw moments where we make Atarian putting pressure on that midfield too, and then you also saw when it's Veratu, you know, putting that kind of pressure. Um, you know, breaking through those guys, and then and then you know, utilizing Abraham and Zaniolo the way they did, uh, guys that were moving, uh, you know, getting the defense off balance and uh, getting some great chances and scoring some goals here. I mean, I think that this was, you know, like I said, Mourinho masterclass here. Yeah, and the worry, I guess, always with with that goal that Muriel scored late in the game in the first half is that that puts him. In, it's a it's a game on now, right? Next yeah, goal that is it's it. huge. Uh, and so we came out of the second half and it was still pretty tight. You knew that ever since Roma scored their early goal, that they were going to play conservative and take their chances when they when they when they arose. Right? They weren't going to take risks. Uh, and even at two to one, you knew that was going to still be true. We thought we had a tying goal in a 68th minute. Zapata ended up scoring the goal, uh, but they go to VAR. And I noticed in this game, Roma Roma have really been not the beneficiaries of any calls this year. Um, more have gone against them, it seems like, than, than for. I think every VAR call in this game went for Roma, uh, and this one included. Uh, they looked at the referee. Uh, they looked at the VAR, and it said, "I've heard either handball or offsides because both are present during that play." Either way, I think both were a correct call. It was a no goal. A hit off to me. It looked like hit off Duvan Zapata's shoulder or his arm, I should say. Yeah. And then, and then it uh, Palomino was offsides as well. So, you know, two strikes. You're out there for uh, for Atalanta. Were you good with that call? On yeah, game? that was yeah fine. Which whichever one that they wanted to do, yeah. I think you probably could say the the offside was probably the more highlighted one. But but yeah, um, yeah, no issue with no issue with the review there. And as the football gods work, right? When you lose a goal, another goal comes, right? The 72nd minute, uh, great free kick from uh, Vera 2. Um, wonderfully done. Uh, Smalling actually puts it away. It was a great yes. cross, I should say, from, from Vera 2. Um, and Smalling just put it away off his shin or whatever it was, back door. Musa probably could have done better with that free kick. Maybe he's expecting someone else on the, on the near post to get it. But uh, Vera 2 with a pinpoint cross. And, um, yeah, 3-1. to one. At that point, and I thought that at that point it was game over. Obviously, never is with Atalanta, but uh, thoughts on the free kick goal? Uh, you know, well taken. I mean, it's just, it's, I think it's just, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's just a culmination of how poor Atalanta have been defensively. Um, and uh, you're looking at it, I mean, it doesn't feel like they've only conceded 24 goals for these first 18 I know, games. I, I mean, it feels like they've conceded more. And I think a lot of that has to do with how many goals they gave up in the Champions League. But their joint most goals conceded among the top seven uh, now with Fiorentina. Um, and, uh, you know, 
and it's and it's crazy because there's been some games here recently where Atalanta have won one nil or they've won two one. They've won some tighter games, and it's just like, okay, they're they're kind of figuring it out. And then here, uh, you know, they're all over the place. And what's crazy is that they're all over the place, giving up four goals against a team in Roma that had 29% possession in this game, you know? So, I mean, talk about seizing your chances when you have them, you know, Roma does a brilliant job of it. Uh, for me, Smalling might've been the best player in this game. Um, yeah. You know, and then the goal just caps it. I think that the combination of being present in that set piece situation, but also being part of diffusing um, and, and Zapata got off his chances, nothing, but nothing that was, altogether too threatening um you know he's a guy that's suddenly gotten himself in really good form um yeah. good for him you know, too. of late and uh you know good for him to get this goal i mean it's, i think it's a second second straight game he scored or two second second time in the last three games where he scored yeah. in, a, yeah. in a set piece situation so good for good for smalling yeah, and uh, also good for Tammy Abraham in the 82nd minute would get his brace. Uh, Karsdrup, quick heads up. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure Romanisi are so happy to have Karsdrup back in the lineup because he's yeah. he's a good player. And he was a quick heads up, leads a counterattack, uh, ball bounces around, you know, a couple passes here and there, ends up falling to Tammy Abraham who puts it away. Nice goal, 4-1. Roma win, a uh, resounding victory, really. And this is the kind of performance we, we thought – Roma had this kind of performance in them against Atalanta was a surprising thing. Cause I didn't think many people expected that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to add to your comments about Chris Smalling. I thought he Ibanez um, and um, Mancini were wonderful together. Smalling the best of the three uh, pretty much having Duvan Zapata in his pocket all game long. I mean, you really didn't hear much of Duvan Zapata in this game. Duvan was getting frustrated with Chris Smalling several times in this game. They, they tried to go head to head against him uh, late in that game. Uh, he was just couldn't do anything. Smalling was all over him, and uh, the back three really were really strong. And this is, uh, you know, for all of us who thought the three-five-two is maybe not the right formation for Mourinho. Um, this is obviously working when you got those back three working together. Plus, you know, having Carzio back, and whether it's Vina or Mkhitaryan or whoever you want on the left hand yeah. side, this works. Uh, and it showed against a top seven team that it can it can really work. Now, can they get an early goal in every game? I don't know, but I think this. When they got that early goal, automatically you knew this is going to be a good game for Mourinho because he can implement his tactics immediately. How you get that first goal is always a difficult thing for, for Roma. Uh, and they figured it out quickly against Atalanta, caught him off guard, as a couple of teams have done. Good job to them. I mean, fantastic defensive performance by them, I thought. They get a lot of the credit in this game. People want to give Tammy and Zaniolo credit because they deserve it. Yep. But I think that defense and, and Mourinho deserve all the applauds in this game, I thought. Mancini, yeah, Mancini was really good too. Um, I mean, that whole back three played really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like you, you look at it statistically, and you see Atalanta having seventy one percent possession. You think they're the team that won four to one? Yeah, um, you look at four to one. You're like, oh yeah, they won. They won. Yep. Nope. Yep. It's the other way around. So, I, it's a, it's a huge boost for Roma. Yes. Um, you know, there's no question about that. Um, you know, they've taken it on the chin in some games lately. Mourinho himself has taken it on the chin of late. Um, you know, and, and this is a win that could maybe start to spark a little bit of confidence for them. Um, well, they change all the results. I don't know. Right. 
Now, they haven't been, let's say, they haven't been painfully bad. You know, no. they had that a bad game against Inter. Inter seems to be doing that to everybody right now, um, especially over the last few weeks. Uh, so in some ways, we can give them a pass. But, I mean, you look at some of these other games, uh, you know, lost 2-1 to Milan, uh, 0-0 against Napoli, uh, only 1-0 defeat to Juve, uh, lost the derby by one. I mean, they're, they're hanging uh, – Throw that intergame aside, they're hanging in there and they're playing a little better in these games. So we'll have to see if that can start translating to more consistent wins for them because that will I, – I think that they are a top-four contender still. I'm not giving up on that notion because I picked them to finish fourth. Um, but I also, you know, think that, you know, I, I need to see a little bit more, uh, you know, in games like this and against the big teams. Yeah, I know some people are going to say, look, this is what Marino we're expecting. He's going to do this the rest of the way. It's like, ah, pump the brakes there. This is what we expected to see from this right. team, but it's not there yet. This is a, a blip in the radar, as some of the bad losses have been as well. I think they're still growing, right? We've also saw with Saudi a few weeks ago with a great victory. Maybe it was against – maybe in the derby. And people are like, here we go. And it's like, all right, pump the brakes. It's, it's a flash. We get to see yeah. a glimpse of what there could be, but they're not there yet. They're still yep. a growing team. And so this is a potentially what could happen to Roma if they continue to progress. This is a nice result that they can hang on their shelf. Um, good. I mean, it's take the game for what it is. The, the, I think the, what the biggest takeaway for me, if you're a Roman fan, is that defense was fantastic. And if they can continue that at least, this is a good sign for them. The defense yep. has always been an issue with them in the last few years. If they can figure that out, here we go. But yep. we're not there yet. Let's see more consistency. I agree with you. And then Atalanta... I'm not worried about this. I am in the sense that they gave up four goals. Um, I think they may have overlooked Roma in this game, and that early goal did not help because it, it suited perfectly for Mourinho's team. But they're still a good, damn good team. And, if they, they again, it's the issues defensively that's going to hurt them and their Scudetto push. Can they fix it? Can they bring in some reinforcements in the, in the January window? We'll see. Um, but it's not a good result, especially if it comes down into the season, you know, and this, you're one, two points with it with a top team and you lose. Well, you can look back at this Roma game and say, well, we weren't ready for that game, were we? They've got a chance to clean this up a little bit. They're at Genoa uh, coming up on Tuesday. They host Torino in January 6th when we come back, and then they're at Udinese on January 9th. That Udinese game suddenly looks a lot tougher. Um so they got a chance to, to to regain some of these points, um, and to and to and to regain a, a you know to to continue to work their way up in the table and can prove to everybody that that this is a blip. Um, so so we'll see. But man, the defending has got to clean up. I don't think they had designs on being this bad defensively when Musso came over. They I don't know if they just thought Musso could stop all of this, and and certainly that's not proving to be true. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's strange, but I all this is also a very poor back three. It might be the worst combination of three defenders that that uh, uh, Gasparini could start. Um, yeah. Toloi, Palomino, Jim City. Um, so good news know. for Atalanta. Gosens is three weeks away from returning, so yeah. there's hope, I guess, to help have Gosens and Hatabor back in your uh, to help on the wing wing back set. And I noticed. It was evident for me that Mourinho's defense played five four one once they had that lead. They were just yeah. you come through us. Yeah, couldn't. So yep, nope. They were. It was it was a smart approach. 
um, you know, you know, signal off by that first Abraham goal, which kind of set things up for the whole game. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it is well done for, for Mourinho. But may, I had Smalling for my man of the match. Are you going that way too? Yeah, I'll give it to, I'll give it to Smalling. Okay. Okay. So Chris Smalling, great, uh, back in, back in form, uh, certainly when Roman needed it. So, uh, moving on to the rest of match day eight. Teen Richard, uh, Friday, there were two games, actually. Lazio hosting Genoa. It was Lazio winning by three goals to one. Uh, Pedro scoring in the 36th minute. And up until that point, Lazio was all over Genoa. Um, 2-0 in the 75th minute. Francesco Acerbi on a set piece uh, from Luis Alberto. And then just uh, six minutes later, uh, Zaccagni abused whoever he ran past. Uh, and made it 3-0. Um, but Meligoni scoring in the 86th minute. So baby steps with Shevchenko's Genoa. They're scoring goals. Now they just got to figure out how to get points. But 3-1 to Lazio. Um, Salernitana and Inter. Uh, this is like a like a tragic movie that you like based on the true story that you know how the movie is going to end. You're just wondering if there's any dramatic twists on the way. Uh yeah. that leads you to watch and you didn't need to watch. You knew it was going to happen. And Salernitana nil inter five. Um, it was uh Perisic getting it started in the 11th minute on a corner from Chal Hanolu. Uh, Denzel Dumfries in the 33rd uh, Alexis Sanchez on a clinical counterattack goal in the 52nd minute to make it three goals to nil. It does not make my top five because they did it against Salernitana. Um, so, uh, although it was pretty impressive. Uh, Lautaro Martinez in the 77th minute, and then you know you really, really are falling on hard times when Bobby Gag steps in <laughs> and and picks at the remains and scores in the yeah. 87th minute, winning five, yeah, winning, winning five <laughs> goals to nil. Um, Juventus doing what they usually do, letting the other team have the ball, have the chances, have the play, but scoring the two goals that they need to and getting the hell out of there. Uh, they do that, and they win two goals to nil. Alvaro Morata in the sixth minute, and then it was Juan Cuadrado with a goal of the week candidate in the 69th uh, to remove any kind of doubt that there might have had. Man, uh, did you see Digby uh, live tweeting during this game? Oh God, he was in he was on fire. He was so he said, "Yeah, there's there's one team uh, there's one team doing all the dominating, and it's not Juve." <laughs> So, uh, just I don't know how you could see anything. All the fog in that game, my goodness, you couldn't see anything half the game. Yeah, yeah, but uh, apparently, uh, apparently, Chesney and Code were able to see what Bologna had coming forward because, in the end, Bologna couldn't score. Uh, the other train wreck in this league is Cagliari. They're ho- they hosted Udinese 4 0 here, uh, to the Zabretta. Uh, Jean-Victor Makengo scoring in the fourth minute. Heard us talking good things about him last week. Uh, didn't want to let us down, got in there and scored. Uh, Gerard Delufeu, a goal of the week candidate in the 45th minute. 50th minute, Nahuel Molina, goal of the week candidate for him. A nice volley from outside the penalty area. And then Gerard Delufeu, uh from Makengo in the 69th um, with a goal of the week candidate as well. Uh, goals come flying in from Udinese fans, Calgary fans after the game, waiting outside the Calgary dressing rooms, uh, wanting to have a word with the players was not uh, necessarily pretty scenes. Um, but we will get in. We, we will we'll talk about that because I think it'll be a who won Calcio Twitter topic, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll 
we'll look at it anyway. Uh, Sunday morning began with Fiorentina hosting Sassuolo. 2-2 there. Gianluca Scamacca in the 32nd minute from Davide. Davide Fortezza was excellent in this game. Continues to be excellent. Everybody's coming around to him now. Don't you love it when we're like 10 weeks ahead of everybody on players? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Good player. Uh, yeah, turning into a really, really good one. 32nd minute, he provides for Skamaka. And then in the 37th minute, he finishes after being played in by Giacomo Raspadori. That puts Sassuolo ahead 2-0 at halftime. 51st minute, that man again, Dusan Vlaovic in the 51st. We're going to have to go to the goal tracker. That is his 16th goal. Uh, there's been 18 games times 38. He's on pace for 34 goals still. Nothing's really changed from that. Um, and then in the 61st minute, Lucas Torreira scoring uh, to make it 2-2. Cristiano Beraghi with a really dumb foul, uh, getting a second yellow and getting sent off in the 68th. So he will not be available for for Fiorentina's midweek game. Interesting note there. Spezia and Empoli traded own goals. Ricardo Marquizza thought he was still playing for Spezia, um, put the ball in his own net, and somebody had to tell him, dude, you play for Empoli now. That's not the goal we're shooting at. Um, and uh, that was 1-0. It was uh, Nicolau with a goal, own goal of his own uh, for a 1-1 draw. Uh, Empoli outshot Spezia 22-9 here with 65% possession. Dominated the game. Unlucky not to get out of this with something. Uh, a couple of goal of the week candidates in the Sampdoria-Venezia uh, game in the first minute. Manolo Gabbiadini, wonderful uh, team goal there. Uh, to open the scoring. And then uh, in the 87th minute, um, Thomas Henry, what a goal to make it 1-1. Brilliant. And that is a goal of the week candidate as well. Uh, so uh, Venezia, the dream's alive, man. The dream's alive. They're, they're out of the drop. Beautiful to watch. Look at too. Yep. They're out of the – yeah, great kits. We need to keep those kits around. Yes, sir. Uh, Torino won Hellas Verona nil. This was a goal by Tommaso Pobega on a set piece shortly after Gian – Gian Giacomo Magnani was sent off uh, for a professional last man foul. Uh, I saw the foul. I didn't have a problem with the red card there. Um, but Pobega with essentially a rebound goal, uh, making it 1-0 there. Uh, those are the rest of the games. You're all up to date on match week 18. Richard, where do you want to start? Uh, actually, wouldn't it wouldn't um, – there's 30 – Eight games, right? This in the in the season, so he's on pace yep. for what thirty two games, thirty two goals in, right? Uh, oh, not yet. No, you're right. Thirty four. You're right. Thirty four. Yeah, eighteen, 19, nineteen games. All right. Perfect. Yep. Um, he's averaging he's averaging point eight nine goals per game. So I really hope Shevchenko keeps his job before Christmas. It's not I don't, yeah. good for him. He does not have his guys. He does not have he the team. Not. Yeah. And like I said, and I, I'd like to get the name of the technical director that I think that Genoa hired on top of it because I think that. I, I think and I hope that Preziosi realizes that this is a project and it has to be completely torn down and rebuilt. Yeah. Um, so let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Inter doing Inter things. Uh, they were just clinical against Salernitana yeah. as expected. Uh, Juve getting their win uh, against um, Bologna. Early growth from Morata obviously helped things. Um, they look better. Obviously, possession-wise, you, 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 Bologna did very well, but um, – Juve did what they had to do to get the win in this one. De Lufeo, man, he's been he's been hot. Yes, he and has. And those two goals that he scored again were beautiful. He's getting really hot here, and um, he might be on the his name. He may be start sniffing his way into the uh, 
top 11. We'll see. We'll see this season. Um, the game for me really that I like was the Sassuolo Fiorentina game, right? Sassuolo came out hot. We knew this is going to be a good game. Sassuolo gives everyone yeah. a get run for their money, came out the 2-0 lead, uh, wonderfully done, and they kind of took their foot off the gas. They kind of thought they were going to cruise their way in there, and you can't when you have Dusan Vlaovic uh, playing because he nearly single-handedly brought the, the team back. Uh, what a goal by him, and then really being involved in that second goal as well. And he was fired up when he got taken out in, what, the 90th minute? He was really wanting to win the game because they had a good chance. Um, smart play by Vincenzo Italiano. Take your guy out. I know he wants to come out. That's a good sign from a striker, but you don't want him to get injured as well. You know, you got a long True. season ahead. Um, and then, um, yeah, the the game of Sampdoria Venezia. That was a interesting game. Venezia. They just continue to fight, um, punching above their weight, really. And you know, for the moment, they're. They're seven clear of the bottom three. So, I mean, whatever they're doing, keep it up because they've, they've come on in the last month or so. Uh, and they've gotten a lot of draws that the teams at the bottom don't have and uh, even some results, some wins that the, uh, the teams at the bottom don't have. So uh, the story keeps going, like you said. And so it's um, – it's, uh, I, hope it, I hope it continues, like you said. That's Georgie's got to say in the league. Yep. Yep. First, yeah. We that, those those kits are beautiful. We got to keep them in the league somehow. And I, I agree with VJ. Mancini's going to look at Skamak and Raspadori, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 what Sassuolo have been able to do is they've they've, they've got this ability to develop. We talk about how well run a club Atalanta is. You know, Sassuolo kind of flies under the radar because of the presence of Atalanta. They find these younger Italian players. They train them. They develop them. Um, they make them. They make them to where they're at a minimum serviceable for the national team. Should they ever get a call up, um, you know, Locatelli was key in Italy's run. So was Berardi at the Euros. Um, you know, Scamacca and Raspadori, I think, should be in the frame. I'm in agreement with everybody here um, that they should be, you know, in consideration for a call up. And you know, take a look at the guys that have moved on when they're sold. Have they gotten there with the teams that they're at? Sensi is unfortunate. It's injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Locatelli, I think it's a jury still out kind of situation over there. Initially, I'm not impressed. I think he's yep. kind of fallen into the same degree of mediocrity as the rest of the Juventus midfield. Um but it's, uh, you know, that's another thing to think about, that they can play so well there and then they move on and it it's it doesn't look the same. Um, you kind of even get that with Atalanta. They play, well, they, they play well for that system and for that team, and then when they're sold, they don't play as, you know, it, it's, it doesn't happen. I, you know, there's not many players I can point to or look at and say, yeah, it's, it's a continuation of what they've done. So, um you know, I I think that there's a a good project there at Sassuolo. They seem to do a good job, and they and they scout well. They find the next guys to come in. Um, I think that the position in the table is probably because they're 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 in pretty good form right now as a team. Yeah. When you look at the results that they've accomplished, um, but then at the same time, it's maybe letting some of these slip away. I mean. If you want to be, you got to put teams like Spezia away and not settle to sell for splitting the points. Calgary, a 2-2 drawback on November 21st. Losing at home to Empoli, which we might be realizing (laughs) might not be that bad. So, you know, 
it's uh, it's it's those results. I mean, they're playing hard and they're playing well against the big boys, but against the teams that are kind of middling around them, they're not getting it done, and that's why they're sitting in eleventh. So, yeah. you know, they can turn if they get that part of it turned around, they're they're a top half team for sure. You know, and maybe flirting with a seventh or a sixth. Yeah, and I think the move by Skamaka to go from Genoa to Sassuolo was a good move because yeah. we talked about this in the past with Simi, right? Simi, if he if he made that move from Crotone to a team in the middle, his improvement would be better. Instead, he went to Salernitana and it kind of stagnated. And Skamaka, had he gone to a big club, you know, or like Simi, we said, if they want to go to a big club, they're going to sit on the bench and not get the time to, to get better. Uh, and he went to a mid-table team that could that needed his services. They lost Caputo, uh, and it perfect for him. He got time to play. Now you've seen in the last two months, three months, he's come up stronger. And he's now if he can continue this to the end of the season, I think we got a lock in who maybe who your striker is going to be. I know Belotti and Immobile are going to have something to say with that, but this guy has all the tools, right? He's got the size, the strength, the speed, the shot. He can shoot from anywhere, and he's a poacher as well. He's got the tools that you need for a, a team to be successful internationally. Um, you saw his goal shooting from distance today and got a powerful yeah. goal. So, yeah, he just needs some consistency. And that's one thing we're missing from him right now to see him be as the out and out definite number one striker for Italy. But we'll see. Good team to be on to to learn to trade. As with Vlahovic staying with Fiorentina another year, he's obviously become a, a all around striker now as well too. So both gentlemen on display in the same game. Yep, wonderful. Yep. Um. How about a couple of play? How about a couple of players here? Let's take out the seven sisters. Let's talk about a couple because we've been we've been we've been hitting this pretty good here over the last couple of years. I think it's time we take a look at. Let's 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 see if we can come up with a couple more players right now on some of these mid table. You even in in the teams and just flirting with relegation. Uh, a couple of players that maybe nobody is paying a lot of attention to, but should. Um, team you just mentioned a couple minutes ago, Empoli Zerkowski. I really like that player. Yeah, uh, he he's he's found a he's got a nose for goal. Uh, he's always involved in the creativity of the play, whether it's assisting or getting the goals. He's just everywhere. He knows the right place to be the right time. Uh, and it, it's fun to watch him at the moment with Pinamonte and and Cotroni out there. Uh, that's a good place for him to kind of craft his 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 skills. And so I I like him over there. Um, sticking with that game, obviously, Providell is a strong goalkeeper. Someone needs a strong backup. He's a good, strong backup. Vicario is as well. Um, Giassi is a strong player who I would think would be him and him and, and Zola would be good compliments for any team trying to make a push for the top four. Um, two strong players there. Um, looking the rest of the the rest of the top 20. Um, we've talked many times with the players that Bologna have and Torino. Milinkovic Savic is starting to make a name for himself as a goalkeeper. Really strong goalkeeper. Excellent reflexes, I think. Mm. Uh, good size as well to have that. And then um, let's see. We talked about Beto last week with Udinese. Sampdoria obviously has the, the players. We they, they're still there. Thorsby and some of these other guys. Augello, good players there. And um, yeah, I mean those are the main ones that I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with in this in this one. How about you? Um, give me a second and let me just dig into this a little bit because you stole my Zerkowski idea. <laughs> um, I mean, at the very be- I mean, I don't want to say Fratesi and Bajrami because those are guys that I touted right off the bat yep. at the beginning of the season. Yep. Um, 
So uh, I want to look at this. I, I'm impressed. Uh, another great performance. This time a goal and an assist from Jean-Victor McKengo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is a guy we got to continue to keep an eye on here. Um, he, I thought he was solid in a different role against Milan uh, in their last game. And then here – um, you know, gets himself positioned, scores, assists, and is influential in the game um, here against uh, Cagliari. So I think he's a guy that we probably want to start uh, giving a little bit more attention to. Um, you know, so when, when you look at that Udinese team and you talk about Beto, you talk about Delufeu, uh, Molina's been good, Arslan's been good. Um, but I think you, you, you know, you look at McKengel and he's kind of becoming an engine in midfield, kind of like when they had Seiko Fofana for a couple of seasons, Yeah, you know, yeah. somewhat in that vein, you're, you're seeing some similarities there. So, uh, you know, so I, I'm happy to go to that. Um, and, um, I, I think this, I, I'm, I'm a fan of this, uh, Sofian Kien of, uh, uh, Venezia. The Algeri- he's Algerian, right? He he was a Moroccan. He was yep. very good in that game. I thought he a lot of the play came through him. Um, and yeah, no, I think he's uh, he's going to someone who can hopefully flourish under Venezia. Obviously, Venezia is starting to flourish at the moment. Hopefully, he you know he can continue to grow as well because he's had some nice nice games here and he looks like a decent player. Yep. Uh, in this game here against Sampdoria, created five chances, uh, took some shots. Um, doesn't necessarily dribble dribble or take on anybody but he's got he's got good passing range he can take a he can take a free kick when called on um you know he he's gotten he's shown some creativity you know where i think earlier in the season he wasn't necessarily playing in a more advanced midfield position and i think that there were some struggles with him because i don't know if defending is particularly his game but you know, in this game here against Sampdoria in particular, he played in a more advanced position, and I like what I saw. You know, so, and talking about Venezia, Dennis Johnson, I like him a lot. I think he yeah. brings a lot to that attack. Um, he got pace. He's got a good shot. Um, and he can. He has good vision as well as a striker. So yeah, he's another good player there. They got some good players there. Yep, and Aramu, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, looks a talent there as well. Yeah. So. Um, some, some players, I mean, it's, it's not all about the top, you know, those, those traditional seven teams and Fiorentina, you got to look at some of these other, I mean, if you watch city games, pay attention to these players, they're useful. Um, you know, we've, we, this is something that Richard and I have taken some pride on trying to hit at a long time for a long time, because there's a lot of these Syria podcasts out there that they just want to talk about the top teams and be done with it. You know, we, we work, we try to dive in on what everybody's up to and, uh, you know, players that you got to look out for. So in your case, Zerkowski, you, you stole one of mine, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, it's a it's it's good minds think alike there. And then yeah, yeah I, I think right. I think Vanya's having a great season. Provadel's having a great season. Um, but then yeah, for me, I think I think we need to talk about. I think we need to give Jean Victor McKengo some attention. And I think we need to give Kiyin, uh, uh some attention too with yep. how they've started to perform as guys that. You know, let's keep watching them and keep enjoying what they're doing. Again, keep enjoying what they're doing for their clubs. I don't want to start talking about where I think they'd fit next. They're all gone in January. Go. No, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Juve Twitter. I'm not JuveFC.com on Twitter saying, "Oh, Vlaovic scored. I can't wait till he comes there." Um, I I got to rip on that again. So, but I didn't see it as much on Twitter this time around when Vlaovic scored today. So I guess they've all quieted down. So, at least. 
or because they won, maybe they, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they had something to go. be excited. They had something there to be happy go. about. They didn't need to start speculating over who they needed. So yeah. anyway, all right. Goals of the week. Goals of the week were tough for me. Uh, I got a five. Well, Technically a five. Uh, number five for me, Bernadeschi to Morata, short side. I thought that was a really nice goal combination okay. play. Lovely pass by Bernadeschi, kind of doing a nutmeg pass there. Uh, number four, Delofeo's first goal, the free kick goal. I thought it was very nice. Number three for me, I believe, is Brozovic to Dzeko to Dumfries. Wonderful team play there. Okay. Uh, I think it was the second goal of the game there for Inter. Two for me is Delofeo, his curler against Cranio. Uh, wonderful curler, just right over him. And Cranio's a good goal of the Huber. And he beat him pretty nicely there. Uh, number one, though, I'm going to share the spoils, and it's coming from the same game. Um, team goals, you know I love a team goal. Augello to Caputo to Gabbiadini. Fantastic yeah. goal there. And then on the flip side, to tie the game, Henri with that curler from distance. Uh, wonderfully taken there, I thought, in stride. Both those goals are goal of the week for me. All right. Um, Gabbiadini and Abraham were honor- – Abraham's first goal were honorable mentions for me. Um, number five, I'm going with Cuadrado's goal against Bologna, uh, you know, to make it two nil. I'm going to go with Molina's volley in the, for Udinese against Cagliari. That's fourth for me. Um, De free kick comes in third. Uh, his curler comes in second and Henri for me, uh, for Venezia goal of the week. So beautiful. that's that. And we've covered all 20 teams. Beautiful. So you know what that means. It's time for the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Richard, lead us off. All right. Starting off, uh, this was nominated to us by Sergio. This comes from Saturnion, of course. And it's uh, (laughs) Raiola trying to enter the FIFA offices to fight like (laughs) (laughs) Miggle Pig. (laughs) Oh, my. Already a leader in the clubhouse, right? Already. Already. Okay. So... Uh, Dieter nominated um, a uh, from Johnny. This is uh, an amazing, okay, uh, amazing step. Maria Sole Ferrieri Caputi has become the first female referee to officiate a match with a Serie A team in the Coppa Italia match between Cagliari and Cittadella. Um, and uh, an amazing step in the right direction. And Johnny saying probably better than ninety percent of the officials already. So, Amen to that. Amen, Amen to that. To that. All we right. Wish, we wish her well. We uh, definitely want to see her uh, maybe yes. getting some league matches now. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the original tweet came from Fabrizio Romano, and it says, Costas Manolas is set to join Olympiacos from Napoli. Personal terms agreed. Da, 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 da. So Michael Lisi chimed in and says, to be fair, he's so slow, he may not make it there before <laughs> the window closes. Well played, Michael. Well but played. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Alex Dono has been nominated. Um, uh, Football Italia reporting Paris Saint-Germain striker and current Juventus transfer target Mauro Icardi has reportedly been accused of money laundering in Argentina along with his wife and agent Wanda Nara. Uh, Alex saying he really does have Juventus DNA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Nice. All right. Let's see where we go. Okay. Next one comes from Morelli. Says Juventus. So again, it's the same same tweet or similar tweet. Whereas Mario Cardi and Juan Anar accused of corruption and money laundering in Argentina, and he says uh, Juventus with cheese. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> good old Wanda. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, 
All right. Uh, I nominated this one 931 days until Chesney's contract runs out at not underscore Morata. Um, Juventus really said this after scoring the first goal. That's awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. Uh, usually how it goes in Juventus matches. So Yep, yep. All right, George gets a nomination. He says, uh, after Cagliari's disaster yesterday, throwing out the TV at the window. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it hurts. I imagine it hurts. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so... Dieter nominated you. Yeah, yeah. During banter era, it was overrated player Balotelli, underrated player Balotelli, overhated player Balotelli, best player Balotelli, worst player Balotelli. There's a thing, there's a, a, a thing going out saying, "Oh, name the best players, or worst players from your team." Da da da. And during our banter era, Balotelli was all those. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's see. All right. <laughs> so this is the chirping I was talking about in this. Uh, so this is, I think, the credit goes to AS Roma for making this video. A few moments. Let later. me uh, fast forward to b- b- rewind, I should say. When you have to deal with Zapata and Muriel in training, you can rest assured you will arrive at the match well prepared. A few moments later. <laughs> Four to one. <laughs> Roma just in the chair. <laughs> nice. Uh, nicely done, Roma. I, I assume Roma made that video, but. Yep. Uh, okay, so Chris gets on the board again. He won a few weeks ago. <laughs> okay, at Manoruski. Read the original <laughs> tweet from Chelsea. Chelsea FC saying two idiots have stopped play by running on the pitch. <laughs> Bernardeschi and Rabio. <laughs> that's the leader of the clubhouse for me. Yeah, that is the leader. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's Man- good. Man- is it Minerski or Minuski? I, 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 I think one, Man- of those, Minerski, one, one yeah. of those consonants has to be silent. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't so. know. <laughs> All right. Anthony from uh, Inter Worldwide, and it's uh, Milan and uh, Napoli beating each other up, and Inter in the background just laughing, taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, four points clear to the top now. Yep. All right. Is that it? I think that's everything. That is it. Right. Uh, yeah. Men, 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 Mener, Meneruski is the winner, I think. Yeah. Short week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll go ahead and start uh, doing the congratulations at Meneruski. Yeah. Oh, while you do that, it's a short week. Uh, the, the, the week, first half of the season wraps up this week. Uh, we're going to obviously. Not do a podcast on Christmas. We'll probably bring you the Squadra Finora coming up uh, sometime next week, uh, you know, after, after the holiday. Um, but we are going to hope to have some guests on to help join us in the uh, picking of our best 11 and the crap on a cracker team and talk about so, how the first half of the season went. It was certainly an interesting first half of the season. Uh, Q Art Morelli, winter champions with um, <laughs> Inter, Inter Milan locking that up this past weekend. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting race the – the end of the season with all these teams, and you know some moves are going to happen in, in January, not only with the champions, the winter champions, I should say, or reigning champions, but, yep. you know, the top four, the top seven, the top eight, whatever you want to call it. They're all going to make some moves. It's interesting to see what happens during the January window. But, uh, yeah, I am hoping it's going to be a tight race going down to the end of the wire. I thought, you know, end of the season, you're looking at the top, you know, maybe 15 points really from one to eight, I thought. And at, at present, we're, we're about there. So yep. let's see if let's see if it stays that way. Yep, that's for sure. Um, so to that follow up, okay, if you're listening, go to at Serie A Sit Down on Twitter. Nominate players over the next week 
for the Squadra Finora. If you think someone deserves to be in, uh, you don't have to say why. Well, help us, you know, give us a reason. Um, you know, a lot of good contributions from a lot of players around uh, this season. Um, I mean, I think we probably can count a couple of players that are uh, that are locked in uh, to positions. Dusan Vlaovic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I may say Hakan Chalanolu is in. Uh, Watch your right mouth. now. I I look. I I have to be. I have to be an objective. There will be uh, interplayers, players yes. plural. There will be interplayers yes. on that list for sure. But I, I don't know how we build one without him in it. Uh, so, um, you know, but we will. We can. We can take a look and. Uh, but certainly, um, give us nominations for that. Give us nominations for crap on a cracker. Um, and I think are we looking at a best of twenty twenty one for the Who Won Calcio Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we are. We we should do that. We should do that. And also with the crap on a cracker, it's not just the worst players. Players who should have done well that underperform. Yes. Remember that. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, best of twenty twenty one. Yeah, we should do that. We should. Yeah, do crap, that. crap on a cracker is not a player moves and then doesn't get pitch time. Uh, no, yeah, crap on a cracker. You had to have played and you had to have proven that you suck, and that's how you get in. Um, so. You know, we'll take a look at it. We'll look at some people, but we're 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 encouraging you, the people, you, the listeners, uh, send us your uh, send us your nominations for for positions, and we'd be happy to take a look at it. Even even a manager for both the uh, you know team of the I think De Francesco uh, immediately gets into the uh, crap on a cracker manager, only lasting three games with Hellas Verona, um, but you know that's probably a lock as well. But we want to we want your input. And then also we can we can look at that. So that's going to happen sometime between Christmas and New Year's, uh, where we will uh, we will plug that one out and um, and and get that out to you. So uh, a lot to look forward to. That's one where we don't have to review games. We can just sit back and we can look at how the season's been going and, and yep. go from there. So yep. So awesome. Well, with that, we'll put a bow on this edition of City. I sit down, Richard. Anything to shamelessly plug? Uh, no, just, uh, you need, if you need to, if you want to follow me, you can at R underscore K H A R M A N. And we are, I months ago, I said, Oh, we're hitting, we're getting ready to hit 4,000. We are actually getting closer to 4,000. So it'd be nice to get a 4,000 here in the next week or so. That'd be nice. So, uh, we'll, we'll send a tweet out here hopefully. So yeah, yeah send those follows. Okay. Get, get in there, get in our, get on our Twitter page and follow us. Okay. Um, 4,000 would be awesome to get to. That'd be great. Um, I'm at FTC underscore 21. I have a little over 1,100 followers, uh, so I'm not going to catch up to the podcast's number anytime soon. Uh, but give me a follow anyway. I, I, I talk some Calcio. I talk some uh, daily fantasy sports, including including soccer, including Serie slates when they come up and stuff like that. And, you know, I, you know, between that, it's really what – those are really the only things I use Twitter for. So – um, so anyway, uh, the, the, the family stuff's for other, uh, social media sites. Um, city, I sit down, we have our own channel on Apple podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. Uh, we're on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever there's, wherever there's spot podcasts, there is city, I sit down, uh, at city, I sit down on Twitter, Instagram, uh, drop comments, nominate squad that if you know the players nominate crap on the cracker players give us some help here in that category help us form a team here um and uh also uh, check us out on facebook too where we don't spend any where we don't spend a lot of time uh but check us out there anyway um one more for 2021 next week 
Yeah, what a year. Well, what a year it's been. Better than 2020, yep. but it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. good, good calcio. Good calcio. We're getting a little bit better and better as we go. So, yep. um, so that's that. Uh, we will be with you again. We'll announce that. Uh, look for the announcement on Twitter um at city sit down for get, go actually go and follow there so you know when we're going to be on uh giving our t- you know squad three if you know what if we're those of you not familiar that's our team of the half season uh crap on a cracker the team that just completely flopped and uh best of 2021 for who won calcio twitter all to look forward to so uh with that chat thank you guys for uh dropping in dropping your takes uh if this is your first time catching us on video drop a like and subscribe helps us out big time um and uh we'll look forward to being on with you next time for richard i'm frank be sure you tell your paisans about us ciao